Then it was like, you know, you're being irresponsible. How can you bring a firearm into the home? Your kids are going to die. And I'm like, well, let's see. I'm resp- I, to- I told him, I'm like, I'm responsible enough to get married. I'm responsible enough to bring life into this world. But I'm not responsible enough to have a firearm in the home. Welcome to episode 87 of For the Love of Guns. My name is Jason Scheller, and thank you for joining Team Banch today as we talk to Yehuda Remmer, or better known as the Pew Pew Jew. Now, for those of you that are watching on the video side, you see, well, I'm not in the studio. Um, I am actually traveling, but it didn't stop me from getting an excellent guest and an excellent show for you today. So stay tuned so we can talk to Yehuda, who's honestly one of the funniest guys in the gun industry now before we talk to Yehuda it's time to pay the bills and this episode is brought to you by Falco holsters if you're looking for a handcrafted holster that is just not going to break the bank but you're still going to get some great quality out of it Falco's got what you want they're the holsters that I use and I think you're going to like them too go check out Falco holsters and use the checkout code banshee to save 10 percent because they have a holster for every gun for every budget without sacrificing quality this episode is also brought to you by freedom crew university look social media has been blocking gun content creation for a while now well a bunch of us gun creators we got together and we came up with Freedom Crew University. If you want to learn how to build a Glock, you know, a Palmer 80, a SIG, AR, AK, we've got classes. It's one-on-one instruction if you want that individual attention or classroom instruction with a class of no more than six. Go check out Freedom Crew University. Now with the bills paid, let's talk to Yehuda. Yehuda, tell me about your love of guns. Yeah, my name is Yehuda Reamer. I have a brand called The Pew Pew Jew. And I actually write children's books on firearm safety, firearms education, history of the Second Amendment for children. And I have a lot of really fun merchandise on my website. Hats, hoodies, mugs, t-shirts, flags, patches, you know, a lot of the fun fun stuff out there. So now the one thing is, is, is obviously, you know, you're a Jew. <laughs> or else you wouldn't be the pew pew Jew, but that's typically a um, a religion that's not um, really for gun rights. I mean, generally they kind of frown upon upon that. Correct? Well, yes and no. Uh, it happens to be in Judaism, we are very very pro life. That said, you know you have different aspects of Judaism. You have Reformed con- Judaism, Conservative Judaism. And by conservative, I don't mean politically leaning. I mean conservative in their um, their beliefs, their beliefs. But again, not politics. Right. Then you have Orthodox Judaism. So, in Reformed and conservative Judaism, they tend to be a lot more liberal. Now, that's not a blanket statement on all of them. I have a ton of friends who are conservative Jews and Reformed Jews who are incredibly pro-gun. Orthodox Judaism, Orthodox Judaism. I'm sorry. Um, usually is more right-leaning, more conservative with their beliefs. Politically, they follow the the Torah. So with that said, uh, Jews get a very bad rap with being pro-2A or even pro-gun 
because the biggest and loudest gun grabbers in the country tend to be Jewish. Now, you have Michael Bloomberg, you have Blumenthal, Diane Feinstein, and and I want people to understand that although they're Jewish, you you never see them and again, I could be wrong about this and if I'm wrong, I would hope someone would call me out, but kind of ginos, right? Yeah. Jews Jews in name only. And they use their Jewishness to push a political agenda. So that said, Judaism actually does not frown down upon uh, upon gun ownership because it's more along the lines of, you know, self-preservation. I mean, if you go throughout Jewish history, Jews, the Jewish nation has been a warrior nation from Abraham fighting the kings. Jacob preparing for war, King David, Joshua, you know, you have the Maccabees. I mean, you have, and it, and it keeps on going. So we, we come from a very rich heritage of warriors. And it's only since the Holocaust that we've kind of, you know, taken that off our shoulders. And that's the thing, because um, <clears throat> that's why I kind of wanted to bring that question up, because I... I just knowing you and I've I've done research and stuff like that, it's the loud minority that's out there pushing that that kind of brings that across almost like everybody, it, which is uh, you know I hate this because it's 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 doing that um, you know I hate generic things right just broad stroke but you know everybody who's Jewish is anti-gun and it's not um, right. now you did not grow up in in a family with guns how did you make that crossover into firearms and and wanting wanting to be a gun owner man so my journey really started i've always enjoyed action movies growing up Uh, that was my big thing i remember a big james bond fan growing up so i've always enjoyed the the guns and the action but i was also i also grew up in the apolitical home so politics were never discussed as many people, as many Jews grow up, you know, they think that all Jews are Democrats. Now, when I start in about 2008, when Obama was running for his first term, I started paying attention. And then I will be the first one to admit it. I grew up in Los Angeles. I was a little, you know, spoiled LA boy, didn't care about politics, didn't care about, you know, the country. Hell, I barely knew the Pledge of Allegiance, right? Like, I just didn't care. Yeah. Um, and in 2008, I'm not sh- – I, I mean, I know exactly what turned me on to politics, um, which is a really funny story, and I, I'm sure we have time. So uh, I was driving to work one morning. I was listening to the big local FM DJs that were really popular back in the day in California, and – they were talking about male genitalia, and as I'm as I'm listening to them speak, I felt the brain cells like one by one. It was like a fireworks show, right? It was like July Fourth in California when they said you can't shoot fireworks in the air. You see those videos? Yeah, I just fireworks. felt like yeah. like one by one just exploding. I'm like, okay, I feel dumber. Like, like. I just feel myself losing brain cells. 
So I kind of turned on AM radio. And at the time, I found, and for any of your listeners, this was 2008. It's been a while. But at the time, I found like Bill O'Reilly, Sean Hannity, and especially Glenn Beck, who was doing his politics with a very great sense of humor. And this was before the blaze, and he wasn't anyone big yet, really. Yeah. So since then, I've clearly, I'm able to think for myself now, if you will, but um I'm like listening to them one morning and, you know, I'm like nodding my head. I'm like, well, that makes sense. And I'm like, okay, well that, yeah, that's, that's just common sense. Why wouldn't someone do it that way? And after like two months of listening to them, it kind of hit me. I'm like, son of a bitch. I'm not, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not even, I'm not even a Republican. I'm like a 3% tea party, burn the country down, you know, like, like total, like, anarchist you know like i mean not really but you know like when you're when you think you're one way your whole life and all of a sudden you wake you know, up you wake yeah. up it, it, it's like oh my god like am i really like a total anarchist and from there i started really jumping into politics and really studying the constitution studying about the revolutionary war really starting to embrace a patriotic American lifestyle and my family didn't know what to do with me and, and you know little by little I just I was always the black sheep in the family but now it was like the black sheep who's not wanted in the house <laughs> um, and my good buddy a really good buddy of mine called me up one day he's like dude let's go shooting I'm like what do you mean let's go shooting he goes yeah you can I have a bunch of guns you can shoot I'm like you own guns? And he's like, yeah. He goes, hashtag second amendment. <laughs> and and I was like, wait, I thought the only people that were allowed to own guns were military, law enforcement, and like bad guys. Yeah, like, criminals. Yeah. Or criminals, right? Like I didn't know. I'm like, you want you? And he's like, he's like, dude, I'll be in front of your house in like five minutes. He comes in, comes to my house. We jump in, I jump in the car, we go to the range. It was like right out of a movie. He takes out this case and like unrolls it. And there's like there's like shotgun, shotgun, pistol, AR, AR, rifle, and just like I'm like, who the hell are you? Like your what? eyes went like this big. Yeah, didn't but, they? but it was more like like here's one of my closest buddies, and you know he's he's a closet gun owner, and I'm like, what the hell? And um, from there we went shooting, and then the next week he took me skeet shooting, and stupidly I put about seventy five shells through his shotgun. Um, I couldn't lift my kid for like two weeks. I was dead. Um, but it was just, it was like eye opening and my, my journey into politics, you know, like, oh, well, you said you had the second amendment. I delved into the second amendment and I'm like, oh man, this is not going to be good for my wallet. And uh, one thing led to another. Um, I finally bought my first gun in about 2010, I believe it was. In 2010, I was still living in California at the time, so there wasn't a lot of things to choose from. But you know, I, I went to a range. I tested, test fired a few. Uh, this was pre, you know, the Sig 320s and and yeah. 365s and w basically what we have now. The hottest gun on the market at that time in like 2010 um, for self-defense in terms of uh, handgun was the Glock 19. Yeah. 
So I bought a Glock 19 Gen 3, absolutely loved it. And then gun fever hit. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, I had to turn to my wife, honey, look, there's different types of guns. I definitely need one shotgun and one AR-15. Just and one. Just one. Just, just one. And this, kind of the snowball effect. And that's how I got into guns. It, it's kind of funny because um, as you're telling that story, you know, I was going to just one because I knew that was coming, right? Um, it kind of reminds me of Colleon uh, Noir where he does the video of don't get into this. Uh, he's, it's, it, you know, it, it's like, you know, crack, crack dealer. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it, it's so, it, 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 it consumes you. And it's crazy. And, and what, what's amazing though, is as you get more into it and especially, and this is going to be, I don't want people to think like it's egotistical on my part. Cause I, I try to really down, you know, stay as humble as possible. And I have standing orders to my friends that if I ever get too full of myself and start treating my followers like you know like i'm better than them and stuff like that i'm like they have like full-on permission to give me a royal beating um to keep me humble but you know what's really fun is like the more you get into firearms and you delve deeper and deeper um tomorrow night there's a range about 10 minutes from my house it's a relatively new range called mr guns and here in texas and they uh they reached out to me. They're like, hey, man, we love what you do. Um, we're looking to build our social media. Do you want to come and do a full auto shoot and oh, on yeah. us? Yeah. On us. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, please don't twist my arm. Don't yeah. twist my arm. I'm like, I'm like, I'll freaking be there. Yeah. You better get like. So they have a, a crazy. I mean, they have some things that I've never shot. Um, like they have a 1919. Um, nice. which nice. I'm praying to God I'll get to shoot because I've always wanted to shoot to shoot that. But like you know, they have a, an assortment of MP5s, you know, canned or uncanned and short and long and you know uh, AKs and uh, you name it, right? Like they have all this stuff, and like you get into this and you start thinking to yourself, you're like, man, I like my Glock 19, but. Hell, that SIG 320 is not bad. And then you're like, well, damn it. Now I want a staccato, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And you're like, wait, I have to sell my all my guns and my firstborn child in order to get one. But, you know, it, it's fantastic. And uh, it's really a journey that I'm forever grateful to my buddy for taking me and starting. It, you know, it's funny because, you know, for me, I grew up, um, I started shooting when I was seven. Okay. So, uh, you know, and uh, soon I'll be turning 51. So I've been shooting for a while. But, you know, during that time, I've taken a lot of people out for their first range time, right? Like, I knew someone who was like, I'm going to go out and buy a Desert Eagle 50. Mm -hmm. I'm like, have you ever shot before? No. Why don't you come to the range with me and let's go shooting, All right? So we went to the range and we started off with uh, a 22. And he's like, I don't want to shoot 21. Dude, you haven't shot before. What do you, you know, you don't know, you don't know anything yet. And it's, I'm paying for the range. I'm paying for the ammo. Just shoot it. Right. So, you know, okay. Yeah. He shoots and he's getting used to the 22s. And then uh, we went up to uh, 350, uh, you know, th uh, 357. We were shooting 38s through it. 
And he goes, I don't want to shoot a revolver. Again, dude, you, you've never shot it before. How do you know, right? Right. So we went through the thing. And then um, I remember, you know, I was, shooting a, I was shooting a cylinder. And then he would shoot a cylinder. And, you know, I'm loading the things for him. And then one of the cylinders, I'm like, hey, do you want to shoot? You know, I, I shot 357. He's like, his head turned. He goes, what the hell was that? I go, that's 357. He goes, I don't like that. I go, dude, you want to shoot a 50? You know? <laughs> and uh, so uh, I like, you want to shoot it? He's like, no. And what I ended up doing was loading, um, I, I loaded his last cylinder as a 357. Really crappy thing to do, honestly. But <laughs> that 357 went off and he's just like, it, it, it woke him up. I'm like, are you right. ready to listen? You're ready to listen to me now, right? And, but it, it it's fun to take people to the first range day to 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 see that reaction, right? To see them go, wow, um, there's something in my life that I've been missing. This is fun. We can, we, you know, we can do things, and you know, and even now ranges are even different from back then, where you know I can go in and they have days dug out where you don't have to stand and do static shooting, but right. I love, I love those. I love taking people to the range for the first time because I love seeing that transformation. Um, and then ultimately, they, you know, it, it's a roller coaster ride, right? I mean, it's like, cool. Now, like you, like you, I, I just, I just need one, right? And then need one. Five, five, five more later, um, <laughs> you're still collecting. But um, so I used to be an FFL, and um, my wife had access to my gun broker account. And, uh, you know, and, and she, ever since, even when we were dating, before we were married, uh, I took her out shooting and she bought a, she had a Beretta before we were even married. Um, you know, her first gun was a Beretta 92 and then, um, she got bit by that bug, right? Especially when, when transfers were free. Um, and, uh, she's got a great collection, but I love that. I love hearing stories about how people get into this thing. And what's so funny about you is, you didn't. You didn't just go in and go. Okay, I'm a. You know, I'm a gun person. You went like all in. Like I'm two A person. Well, it's it, it. That's interesting because I, I didn't start off that way, right? Like right. Like I I went shooting with my buddy uh, in 2008, and I'd shot before. Um, but I went in with my buddy, never thinking I'd be where I am today. That was never even. Like it, it was shooting. I'd be like, "Oh, that was a lot of fun. Maybe one day I'll own a gun. Maybe, right?" Yeah. Um, but to actually write eight books and become a a incredibly recognizable brand within the firearms industry, working with names that are just huge names, like that was never even like even on the radar. Yeah. And so, like, no, I, I, I actually didn't jump in, like, going all to a and it took me seven years to get to the I'm all in 2A. Um, but I wouldn't change it. I mean, the, the friends that I have now that I've made since entering the firearms industry six years ago and the friends that I continue to make and the relationships I have with people – I mean, you know, they talk about, you know, someone who's rich, a real person who's rich is happy with what he has. Mm -hmm. And I can't even begin to tell you how rich I am just with the friends I've made, people that I can count on, people that 
you know, have my back. People that let, like being in a a tribe of people who truly care and support you. And it's, I mean, I, I literally, I have a friend of mine and like I'm working on a book right now and I wanted to get Dick Keller involved. So like I called someone who I know has a relationship with him and I was like, hey, hey, this is my idea for the book. Can you hook me up with Dick Keller? She goes, one second. <laughs> she literally puts her phone down. I hear the texting. By the end, of, in the next five minutes, she's like, I'm going to text you his number. He says you should call him. Like, <laughs> like freaking Dick Heller, right? Like, yep. and it wasn't, and to her, to my friend who I asked, it wasn't a, it wasn't like, a, oh, well, I'm going to do this for you. So you're going to owe me one. It's like, no, you're asking for this because you're working on something that I think is important. So I'm going to help you because it's fantastic. Yeah, you see, and I I love it. I I love where you said this is a tribe because I I like to say it's, you know we we have a community, but I like the tribe better because it's a little more, you know, just because we have the firearms community. Let's face it, there's some people in this firearms community will, they'll you know they'll eat other people in the firearms community. Yep. Um, yep. And I love that tribe because it's a little more. Um, condense it's you know it's tighter um you know and i like to say i i have a few i have a few friends i have a few more buddies but a lot of acquaintances and i remember one time someone asked me what does that mean i go what it means is it's my level of trust right. in you right so my friends i have explicit trust in if you ask me something there's no hidden agenda there's nothing you need help with something I'm in, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to help you out. Right. Um, you're going to do the exact same for me, buddies. I don't quite explicitly trust, but I'm going to help you out anyway. Right. Absolutely. Right. Um, and then acquaintances, just, just got people I know. Right. Right. So, and that's, that's what I love about what you're talking about with that. Hey, you know, I know someone, um, that, that knows Dick Keller. And then all of a sudden you got, you're, in five minutes, you're hooked up. That's that's a friend, right? Right. That's a true right. friend, and that's an inner that's an inner circle friend. That's very much an inner circle friend, and that's and it, it's amazing where you get in this community how that comes about. Um, you know, I for me to add one friend to my inner circle is huge. Right. Last year, I added two, and they're and they're gun people. They're like the first two gun people um, that are in in that inner circle, and I explicitly trust them. They explicitly trust me. It, it it's a great thing when that happens because you know I I was I remember um, I was trying to get a hold of somebody and I lost their contact info. I knew that this person was friends with one of these people. Like, hey, I need I need so and so's number, man. Like that, it came across my text message he didn't care right. what it was what it was it, it, it was that explicit trust came through and it's amazing how you can have that because people i'm gonna say people i hate doing generalizations um the anti-gun people think that we're rednecks running around think, you know it's it's red dawn we're shooting each other up in the streets um but when you get into this community it's totally not that way at all 
I, I mean, it's a very open and friendly community to yeah. talk about. Um, so the one thing I want to talk about really is your books. I mean, you, so we now know how you kind of got into the firearms. Why children's books? I mean, I mean, you wrote a, a few of them, even coloring books. I mean, right. you turned you turned a couple into coloring books. How did you make that jump into children's books? So my first book called Safety On, which is an introduction to the world of firearms for children, um, is something that I'm very proud of. When when I bought my first gun, although at the time my parents didn't know about the AR or my Benelli, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I was out of the house. I was married. I had one child at the time. And I decided that, you know, I'm not going to tell my parents. Why? Because what they don't know won't hurt them. And I didn't need, you know, you always hear about like that Jewish mother guilt. It's 100% <laughs> true. Um, and I just didn't need to hear my parents yelling at me. But uh, every Wednesday night when I lived in L.A., we would go to my parents for dinner so they can see the grandkid um, and then grandkids eventually. But, you know, so they can see them. And I was sitting at the table. We were all eating dinner. And my younger brother, who's three years younger than me, was like, hey, man, when are we going to go shoot your Glock? And if you've seen the, the that TV series Chernobyl, yeah, my parents were worse. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was on, it was a full on nuclear meltdown with my parents. And, you know, at first they called me every name under the sun and then they'd stop talking to me for like two weeks. And then it was like, you know, you're being irresponsible. How can you bring a firearm into the home? Your kids are going to die. And I'm like, well, let's see. I'm responsible. I, to I told them, I'm like, I'm responsible enough to get married. I'm responsible enough to bring life into this world, but I'm not responsible enough to have a firearm in the home. And when I was talking to them about that, they just didn't hear it. They refused to listen. And it hit me. I'm like, okay, you know what? As much as I disagree with my parents' stance, maybe I'm missing something. And I started thinking, I'm like, okay, look, I have three guns in the home. At the time, you know, uh, I was one of those people. Again, I was still fresh, still new. Obviously, my views have changed drastically. But, you know, I had my gun in the safe, the magazine out of the gun. Still in the safe, though, but, you know, nothing chambered, uh, stuff like that. I was like, okay, if I'm going to be a responsible gun owner, that means not only do I have to learn about gun safety – I need I need to be uh, a a, a um, like an advanced advanced gun safety expert. Okay, which also turns into I need to educate my children. And I went to the NRA's website because clearly you know again this was pre what the NRA is now. Right, and I was surprised that the only thing the NRA really talked about in terms of gun safety is what to do if you find a gun somewhere it's not supposed to be, right? That's that's the Eddie Eagle program. And it's a great program. Don't get me wrong. I used it with my kids and it, it worked. But I was looking, I'm like, there's clearly more to gun safety. Yeah, it's missing something. Oh, it's missing a lot. 
And um, I decided I'm going to go to the next best place for research, which was Amazon. And uh, I decided I was going to buy a book that I can sit with my children, almost as a nighttime book, to read about gun safety. Now, I wasn't looking for a book for adults on how to talk to your kids. I was actually looking for a children's book on gun safety. And I, I was blown away that in this was 2011. I was blown, or even early 2012, I was blown away that there was nothing on the market for children to read about gun safety. Because when I typed in children's safety books, you got Crossing the Street, you got Stranger Danger, you got Sex Ed, you got... Yeah. Um, you name it, right? I mean, they literally had everything, but there was no books on gun safety. So it kind of got me thinking. I've always been a creative mind. I've always truly enjoyed uh, creative writing. So uh, one night I was at synagogue uh, during the week, and between afternoon and evening prayers, which some people, well, I, no, I'm not going to get into that, but uh, a lot of synagogues, the rabbi speaks in between, like it's like a 10-minute thing. And <laughs> the rabbi was speaking, and I, of course, was not listening. And uh, I pulled out my phone. It was like an iPhone, I think, 5. And I opened the notepad, and I literally wrote my first book on the notepad. And I wrote it like in 15 minutes. And I sent it to a buddy of mine who is uh, currently still in the LAPD, um, a really good buddy of mine. And I was like, hey, Dave, this is my idea for a book. What do you think? He goes, let's go out for coffee. We went out to coffee. He goes, your book sucks. However, you have so much potential, which I'm going to help you with. And the reason why he said it sucked was because I didn't know the proper verbiage, the proper yeah. lingo. I didn't know any of that, right? I I didn't know the difference between a bullet and a round. I mean, I I did not know. I thought the whole thing was a bullet. And he sat down with me and with just amazing constructive criticism, broke down my, my safety book for kids um, and really educated me. And I took everything to heart. I listened to everything he said. Uh, he took me to the range. He taught me maneuvers to shoot. I mean, just great guy. And that is basically how I got into writing children's books. Now, mind you, it took me five years to get the book published. But um, because by the time I, I finished it, edited it, and got it out there, like Sandy Hook happened. So... No publishing company wanted Was to touch the book, yeah. and and it was unfortunate because we it was something that was needed on the market. Yep. And uh, like I said, it took me five years, turned down by countless literary agents. Uh, literary agencies. At one point, I actually got I found an agent, and she set me up with this fantastic deal. And then they got wind of Julie Golub's book that came okay. out or, or was coming out because she announced that she's coming out with a kid's book. And she already had a social media following. I had I had no social media. I didn't even have, I didn't get Instagram till like 2018. And 
they're like, yep, we are dropping you because you are a nobody and here is somebody who has a following and we're, we don't want to deal with you. And then my agent dropped me right away and I went into like a, I went on to like a full funk, uh, super depressed because, you know, uh, I've always loved writing and I'm like, okay, here was in my grasp to actually become a real published author. It was right it was there. right there, and what happened was I went into like a real depression. Uh, my wife wanted me to go on medication, and I refused because I wasn't even talking to her, my kids. I mean, you know, when your dream is taken away from you. It's tough. It, it's tough, and my son at the time, he was six years old. Now he's 13, but at six years old, he came home one day, and it's this picture, this frame right here, and it was a worksheet he did in school. And he was in first grade, and it said, when I'm 50, what do you want to do? And he wrote at the bottom, when I'm 50, I want to be like my dad, and I want to write. Nice. And it was at that moment when I got out of my funk because becoming a published author was no longer about me. It was no longer a selfish goal. It was now all about my son and him viewing me not as a quitter and uh that was like late 2000 i think it was what it was like late 2015 like really late 2015 like november december and it took another year for my book to get published uh, but i finally found a small publishing company and it was fantastic and from that was in 2017 and since 2017, I have eight books come out. See, it, it's funny that ride because you don't people don't think about this. Um, you know, I've talked to a couple of other authors, and <clears throat> publishing a book is hard. And yes, <clears throat> some of these authors have had to go off and do self-publishing, which brings in a whole new um, realm of crap you have to deal with. Um, so, so yeah, yes and no, actually. So, two of my books, the safe, the safety book right here, and the coloring book version of it right there, both of those were published through the same small publishing company. Um, but then I decided after having two books that the rest of my books were going to be self-published through Amazon. And the reason is, unless you're a gigantic name, publishing companies don't care about you. Yeah, they're not. They literally are not lifting a finger. All they're doing is getting a book into a store, and you're the one that needs to do all the legwork and hard work. So I decided, well, why am I going to split profits with a publisher Right. when I can do the exact same thing, and I'm putting in the same amount of work, but they're controlling everything. I just have to do all the work. I'm like, well, why don't I just take complete control? So, for example, my my last book to come out, which I'm sure we'll end up talking about, uh, Bullet Points, you know, um, that book has been one of my biggest successes in my life. And not only that, I mean, at SHOT Show, I brought 40 copies of that book, and I was giving them out to key people and doing the legwork to, to market that book out. And it was a very successful SHOT Show. So, you know, um, it, it's it's interesting. Self-publishing, I don't think – I mean, unless one of the big publishing houses say, hey, you have six books. We'll pay you a million dollars to take control of all your books. Yeah. You know, I'll be like, 
I'm in. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm in. You, you know, I, I'm still, I'll still do the leg work, but I just made a million bucks. So yeah, um, I, I'm in. Yeah, I, I would too, right? I mean, if, yeah. if somebody came up and said, "Hey, um, here, here's a crap load of cash. You're not. It'll take you decades to see this much money." Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm in, right? I, yeah. yeah. Um, so since you brought up bullet points, because yeah. that was it, it. Before we talk about bullet points, I, I want to go back because we talked a little bit off of, off cameras. One of the things, one of the things I, I love about you is your sense of humor, right? And it's one of the things that most people, I think, don't understand about you, right? Is your sense of humor. Um, I mean, you're a very, very religious person. Yes. And one of the things about, um, I'm going to use a generalization. I hate, again, I hate using generalization. Most, most very religious people have a hard time having, I don't want to say having fun, but, you know, um, kind of uh, poking a little bit at the religion, right? Right. Like, like for you, like I'm looking on um, your your Instagram, one of your t-shirts, God, guns, and matzo balls. You know, I just look <laughs> yeah. at that and I just start laughing my ass off. I mean, that's what I was telling you. When I want when I want a good laugh, I go out on your Instagram or I look at your at your at your swag. I'm listening. I'm listening. Keep going. I'm just turning on the light in the room because it's getting sure. Dark. I really, yeah. really apologize. No, it's all good. And go. and it's your your whole sense of humor. I don't think people understand. Just uh, going down to the subscribe for your newsletter is like <laughs> email address support freedom. No, I'm going to report. You know, your no is no. I'm going to report my neighbors. No, I, I report mean, my neighbors. And that just that cracks me up. You know, I, uh. I I see that, and I just start. I get your sense of humor. And I don't think some people do. Um, I mean, no. you, you. Um, have... Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, that the humor has become a lost art in this country. Um, even in the firearms industry, people just, you know, it, it's a lost art. And I, I am very, very uh, secure in my beliefs. I'm very secure in who I am as a person, and. One of the most amazing amazing things to have ever happened to me is realizing that I don't give a crap what you think about me. And the minute the minute you can actually internalize that, it's one of the most freeing things you can possibly do. So, you know, I am who I am. Um, I definitely have lines that I will not cross, but I am who I am and uh, take it or leave it. I mean, that's what, and that's what I love. Uh, that's what I love about you. You know, I'm again. I'm looking at your thing. Gun control is not kosher, and it's got the the pig on it. I, I look at that and just go. Some people that's going to offend, but I'm like, that's funny. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know the whole um, CNN spins more than my dreidel. <laughs> that is. I don't know how people can't laugh at stuff like that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I'm, I, I pay attention to politics very closely. So when something happens, I will try to come out with a new shirt, like within an hour of a story breaking, 
Um, mainly if it's gun-related. If it's not really gun-related, I, I try to stay away from it. But, um, you know, I, I like to push the bounds. I like to stir the pot. I know one of my really big shirts that was highly successful uh, was when when SCOTUS overturned Roe vs. Wade and then immediately, uh, you know, uh, passed in favor of a few, you know, gun laws, the Bruin case. I believe it was yep. uh, all, all within, I think the same day or 24 hours or something along those lines. Um, so I came out with a shirt that had a star on the top, had a fetus holding an AR 15 and underneath it said, come and take me. <laughs> and like, I, 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 I texted it to a buddy of mine. I'm like, dude, how controversial, how controversial is this shirt and how much, you know, trouble do you think I'm going to get into? He's like, it's quite controversial and you will probably get into a lot of trouble. And I'm like, so that's a green light? He goes, oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, that, that, and, that, that's what you needed, right? Right, and and I posted it and wow, I got so much hate from that shirt, but at the same time, I got a ton of orders because there are people who, who believe in, in what I, what my message is. And again, you don't have to believe it. You don't have to like it. Um, what is it? I got, I, I don't even know. I, this was, uh, just a few days ago I posted on, uh, let me find it, uh, just to show you like how, you know, the type kind of trouble I get into. But, um, a few days ago I posted, uh, a screenshot from someone that I got, um, so someone sent me something randomly, uh, on uh what do you call it twitter and it was it was fantastic because i'm like wait what like i don't even know who this person is came out of the blue but clearly they didn't like what i posted um ah, i can't find it now basically they called they called me a, an asshole and because they said I'm a disgusting person because of something that they clearly didn't like that I posted. I'm like, all right, and I'm going to post it, let people make fun of you, and I'm going to move on. So, uh, yeah, I like to stir the pot. I like to have fun, and, you know, which is to circle back, right, is one of the reasons why I wrote bullet points. Right, and that's why I wanted to bring that up, to bring up bullet points, because you need to kind of understand that about you to understand bullet points yes or, or to get uh, or to get the or to get the most out of it let's just say oh that. A, a, absolutely look as as charlie cook um who i love dearly uh you know riding shotgun with charlie, charlie. yep uh, for those of you that don't know who he is uh, he's got a great podcast um he's been, he, he's been on this show too okay awesome yep. awesome so charlie probably gave me i got some amazing reviews on bullet points but I think Charlie's review really hit the nail on the head because everyone else, their reviews are fantastic and hilarious, but you read them and it comes off as like a serious review. Right, right. Charlie basically said, with bullet points, Reamer puts the troll in gun control. <laughs> I can and totally to, see him saying that too. And, and to me, that was like, it basically summed up exactly what I was doing on on social media. 
And I don't know if we want to, you know, spill the beans, what the book is, or we just want to keep everyone in suspense. It, it, that's that is totally up to you. Of, so we'll, 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 we'll tell people we'll, we'll tell people because it's already been you know over a year since the book came out. But basically, this oh, uh, you know what? I think I actually have a copy right here. So this book that we're talking about is called Bullet Points: Reasons Why America Should Embrace Common Sense Gun Law. Now, this is my eighth book. So for those that have been following me for a while, know where I stand with the Second Amendment. Know what I believe in. Um, I'm, I have a lot of libertarian views when it comes to the 2A. Stat said, when people saw this book, they, they literally went ballistic. Whether it, yeah. was, whether it was you know on the right side, left side, I mean, people in the gun industry were calling me saying, did you seriously sell out and like stuff like that. So for those that want to see reasons why America should embrace common sense gun law, this is a book of 220 pages that are See, blank. What's so funny is one of the reviews on Amazon cracked me up because you got a one-star review and he got, he's showing it and it's, it's blank. Yes. And it's like, you did not get that. You, you didn't understand. You, you so, totally didn't understand that. Okay. So, 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 oh my God, because this, this I actually have to find. Um, I had, I posted a review one of the one-star reviews, I don't even know who it was again. Um, I posted one of the one-star reviews with that blank book. And um, a person commented on the, on the post saying, oh, my God, that's me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, something along the lines of, I'm not going to look for it, something along the lines of, I bought the book and gave you a one-star review because I actually thought the book that Amazon had printed out a blank book. I thought it was a mistake, so I gave I so I returned the book. I ordered another one and when I saw the other one realized that it was blank as well, he goes, "I kind of had started thinking about it." And realized that I'm a total idiot and got played. <laughs> and this guy's a gun guy. This guy's a gun guy. He goes, and I and the guy was apologizing profusely to me. And I never went in and changed my review. He goes, I am so sorry. He goes, I'm gonna go do it now. And within 24 hours, the review was changed. He gave me a full five-star review. And it was just amazing because like yeah, you know, like like this is someone who gave me a one star review, and like he, I just posted it, and now the 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 rankings went higher, and and I think I'm I think there's ninety two percent. It's great, ninety two percent. And last I looked, when this happened like a week or two ago, ninety two percent five star, and like eight percent one star. There's nothing in between, no two, yeah. three, or four. Yeah, yeah, it's so, empty in between. Yeah, yeah, you either love it or you hate it. But you know, thankfully. I have a lot of followers out there. And when the book came out, I lost a ton of followers um, because, uh, you know, when that the phrase of never judge a book by its cover was really written for my book. And I, I lost a ton of followers, but there were a lot of my followers who reached out to me. They're like, hey, you know, we've been following you for years. We truly love your stuff and we trust you. So when you came out with this book, they're like, 
we kind of said, you know what? Hey, let's let's read it. Maybe maybe he has some merit to his cases. Yep. Like, so we ordered your book, to, and they're like, dude, did we get played so <laughs> badly? They're like, we love the book. They're like, we went and we bought three more copies. We're giving one to anti-gun sister-in-law and my dad was pro-gun. Like, and it was it was fantastic. The rollout was amazing. The the fallout was amazing, and uh, I, I cannot be more proud of that book because everyone in life goes through that. Man, I wish I had that one really good idea. Yeah, you right. know, like I, I, I bullet points. Even though it's been done before me, but it's never been done with guns and gun control, right? You know, yep. Michael Knowles came out with reasons to vote for Democrats, and but it's never been done in the firearms industry. And for me, that was like, and and I, I really hope I didn't peak right at age like 30, 38 <laughs> years old with my one really good idea. But like as of now, that is my like that idea. That's like I wish I thought of that. I I, I totally I I, <clears throat> I totally was taken back by that book. Going because <clears throat> I'm like, well, first of all, you know you know you're onto something when you have both sides pissed at you. For oh, absolutely. The same, for the same thing, you know you're yep. onto something, right? Absolutely. And then I'm I'm looking at this thing going, okay. I, I know, you know, I know his humor. I get it. Like I opened that thing up because I'm sitting there going, trust me, when I saw it, I'm like, I, I was one of those people. Damn it. Did he sell out? There's no way that there's no way he sold us out. There's just no way. Right. And I got the book and I just laughed my ass off. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, 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 it was fun. And the best is, and, and I love giving her credit because she deserves all the credit um, for helping me. Uh, are you familiar with Jill McDaniel from Mom at Arms? Yeah. Okay. So Jill is the evil stepsister, I guess evil twin stepsister I never had, right? Like she, she and I are like the same person, just she's a girl and I'm a boy. Um, and I love Jill to pieces. I mean, she's amazing. And she is also one of the most shrewd investigative journalists that I know, as well as one a, a incredibly staunch two-way supporter. So I'm terrified of her uh, and, and the power she has because of her investigative skills and bringing facts to life or to yep. light. So I called her up. I'm like, Jill, listen to me. I'm coming out with a new book in about a month from now. I texted her the cover, and you heard her say, what the f right? Like, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hear me out. And I explained to her what the idea is. And without missing a beat, she goes, can I please, how can I get involved? I said, I have no idea. She goes, can I start spreading rumors that you sold out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I am like absolutely 100%. So about give or take almost a full month before the book was really released, uh Jill started posting things like, "Hey, we love the Pew Pew Jew, we love Yehuda, but rumor has it that his next book coming out later this month is a sellout and that he's embracing common sense gun law." And and she started posting things all about me selling out. 
And one thing led to another. Uh, the word was really getting out there so that people in the firearms industry, some people were like texting me and saying, hey, man, what's going on? You know, And this is, again, right? It, it's People were seeing it from on other websites too. And I was getting text messages from people saying, dude, like, what's going on? Like, you've been one of the biggest vocal vocal supporters yeah. of the Second Amendment. What, what is happening? I'm like, do you trust me? They're like, yes. And some people are like, no. I'm like, good. Well, if you don't trust me, then I'm not talking to you. But, like, the people are like, yeah, we trust you. I'm like, do me a favor. Don't pass judgment until you see the book. I said, if you do not agree with my book, absolutely tear me to shreds i will come onto your podcast i will come onto your show and you can roast me and i will sit there and take it and they're like okay man we've known you long enough we will we will hold off uh passing judgment and i had some people in the industry who were big names who called me they're like what the hell is going on i'm like i had to actually explain to them what i was doing because they you know i wanted them to know like like these are people movers and shakers, right? Like, yeah, yeah you. So they're, they're, right, I'm like, oh my god, what can we do? Um, when I told them about it, I said, just spread the rumors, spread the rumors, and like, no problem, no problem. And I think a week before the book, or maybe like two days before the book came out, um, I sent, I told Jill, hey, like, you, you have full permission to say that you saw the cover of the book and it does not look good. So she goes off and she starts writing in articles about, oh, although although we're although we love him and although blah blah blah, we we you know we we were leaked the cover of his new book. And I will tell you right now, if it's what we think it is, we are gonna drag his name through the mud and we will not allow him to go. And, and she was brutal, brutal. And like and people were beginning to really freak out. And finally, when I released the book, um, I think it was one of the biggest Instagram lies I've ever done, which is sad because at the time I had about like maybe eleven or twelve thousand people. Now I'm up to twenty one thousand. Like, God, if only I released the book now, you know, with a <laughs> yeah. bigger following. Um, it was one of the biggest Instagram lives I've ever had, and people lost their minds. At first, as I'm building up the book. If you would have just seen the chat on Instagram and the comments, like you're selling out, you're blah blah blah, you're a red coat Benedict Arnold, right? And like they're going all off on me. And some people are like, dude, shut up, let him talk, let him get it out there. And then when I finally showed the book live, it was just absolutely glorious because like Jill had like written an article saying it's not, you know, she was part of the whole prank and, and uh, you know, and, and just getting the book live and seeing people's reactions, seeing people lose their minds on the left, thinking that they got a, a second amendment, you know, industry (laughs) insider, her co-insider book. And then, you know, realizing that they got trolled like crazy. And then having all these right wingers who are be like, yeah, man, it's not that funny. You, you know, you should have told us. I'm like, yeah, well, I literally wrote it because you guys don't have a sense of humor, literally. Yeah. And uh, and then having some people like, man, we thought you really sold out, but they're like, you played this so brilliantly, marketed oh. the hell out of it. And when it, you know, now it came out and um, like I was at the gun rights policy conference this past September 
And surprisingly, I never had the chance to meet Eric Pratt. And Eric Pratt was there with uh, a buddy of mine who is a regional, you know, state director for GOA. And for those that don't know, Eric Pratt like runs Gun Owners of America. And my buddy's like, do you have a copy of Bullet Points? I'm like, yeah. He goes, sign it and give it to Eric right now. (laughs) And I wish, I wish someone would have taken video of it because I'm like, oh, Mr. Pratt, you know, I'm I'm a really big fan. I write children's books on firearm safety. And and I hand him, and this is my latest book. I signed it. It's for you. And he looked at it and his face just like scrunched up in like anger. (laughs) And, And my buddy's like, Eric, Eric, just read. He goes, Open the first page, go to the table of contents, look what he has to just read the first chapter. He goes, read the first paragraph of the first chapter. If you are not convinced by then, fine. So Eric is like, okay, fine, I'll do it because of you. And like, you can see Eric is uncomfortable doing this, right? Like, yeah. uh, not uncomfortable, but more like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Opens the page, opens to the first chapter AR 15s and other assault rifles, right? And I did that specifically, right? Like, to stir yep. the pot more, like, obviously, AR is Armalite not assault rifles and he turns the page and it's blank and he goes thinking like oh maybe 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 the chapter starts the next page yeah turns the page turns the page he starts scrolling through the book and he loses it he was (laughs) laughing so hard he goes this is one of the greatest books i have ever seen he goes Thank you so much. <laughs> and like Eric Pratt, literally the guy who runs Gunners of America, it's, he said, it, it, I saw him recently at Chacho. He said, it's on my coffee table. And um, it, it's been amazing. The rollout has been fantastic. Um, the support for the book has been amazing. And I still post things on social media, especially Twitter, because I'm getting more into Twitter right now. Uh, I'll still post things on Twitter and people be like, yeah, well, we're not reading that stupid book because it says common sense gun law. You lost us at common sense gun law, and I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, right, dude. You know I'm what? Like, this like, book is not for you, then. Right? No, I, I actually, I actually replied to someone. I'm like, all right, Captain America, get off your high horse right there, and why don't you just do a little research? Like, no, you know, screw you. I'm like, all right, well, eventually you're gonna feel stupid when you finally find this book, um, but. It's been fantastic. I've I absolutely love it, and um, uh, yeah, it, it's been um, it's been a a roller coaster of a ride. But it, I can't even begin to tell you how amazing it's been with that book. I, I you know it's funny because when I what when I see this book and I'm sitting there. Have you ever been to the website despair.com? No, but it sounds like something I need to okay. go to. So you know those motivation posters. Yes. It's like teamwork and all. He's the demotivation posters. <laughs> yes, right? that's amazing. It's going to be my new favorite site. So you're like, you're kind of like the evil genius, just like him. I mean, he 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 puts these things out. Like, uh, I remember I screwed up in my day job one time. Somebody printed out one, and it has like a sinking ship. And the thing says, um, it was like, maybe your life ser- is, only exists to serve as a warning to others. <laughs> right so i'm just like you know laughing at this stuff and that, that's how i found despair.com but you're like right with this book you're right in there with that type of humor and it's just like that's why i wanted to go back before we talk about the book i was like yeah, i want to talk about the book but let's <laughs> let's talk about the humor first before we talk about this book 
And so I'll tell you just quickly, one of the biggest compliments I've probably ever received in my life was about two months ago when someone said to me, they're like talking about my humor and said, you know, when we see what you post and what you write, they're like, you really remind us of Gary Larson. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, wow. And I'm like, yeah. like I got like, I got like tears swelling up in my eyes. And I, cause I, I have, I have like the two volume hardcover <laughs> yeah. edition, like anthology, like, right. So like, I'm, I'm a diehard Farside yeah. fan. And when someone compared me to Gary Larson in terms of my, my dark humor, I was like, man, that is literally one of the, gr like, I can't, I, I don't think you can give me a better compliment. I, I you know what? I totally get that. Um, I totally get that out of you. Now, now that, now that you said <laughs> that, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, you're, you're almost like the, the continuation of Gary Larson. Um, you just, you're just not doing it with, with cows and people and, you know, you're just, you're just doing it with the, the 2A stuff. I, I just, yeah, I, it was, I, I was, I was floored. I'm like, I wish I had like an ounce of genius that Gary Larson has just an ounce of it. <laughs> um, but I was still humbled that to be compared to Gary Larson. So yeah. I get Good it, times. man. I, I totally get it. No, look, we've been rolling about an hour. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, when I, when I wrap things up, I do a speed round, but before we do the speed round, sweet. How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. So across social media, um, I know my name is right down there, but across social media at the Pew Pew Jew, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, pretty much them. I don't care about yeah. any of the other platforms because they just never they did anything for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so at the pew pew Jew, don't forget the everyone does. And they're like, we can't find you. I'm like, well, did you put the, oh. uh. so, uh, at the pew pew Jew. And then you can go to the pew pew .com. If you feel like my Herbie Hancock is worth $8, you can get autographed books. Um, and uh, see, no one gets that reference. Yeah, I That's do. It. I do. Yeah, what's it from? What's it from? The her oh shit. Um, uh -huh. God, it went right through my head too. Because like um, I've I've said that a million times, they're like, and everyone says, "You mean John Hancock?" I'm like, "No, nope, yeah, John, yeah, yeah, it's oh shit." Oh come on, God. Oh, hey, you know what? You still can't find a word in the thesaurus, so I'll, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that back in your face. For those of you, there there, it, it, it's a pre it's a pre it's a pre uh, it's a pre game joke between the two of us. Um, you know, I wasn't I, 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 I wasn't I, even thinking of that word. Now you brought it back. Um, it's from Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy, yeah, there you go. It's so, it's so funny because I had I had Chris Farley, you know, I just could not get the movie out. Yeah, Tommy Boy. So I always say I'm like, yeah, if you think my Herbie Hancock is worth all of eight bucks, yep. go to my website for autograph copies. If not, and I tell, I'm not lying to you. People are like, you mean John Hancock, right? I'm like, nope. Oh God, you ignorant yep. poor soul. Um, so yeah, uh, you can go to thepewpewjew.com. Uh, I have a lot of really fun stuff. Think think grunt style for the Jews, um, but if you don't buy my stuff, you are an anti semite. So there you um, go. <laughs> so definitely definitely buy my merch. Um, I, I need to I need to support my matzah ball habit. Oh, that's just so, so funny. Um, it, it, you see, that's why I love talking to you. <clears throat> I mean, you know, I finally got a chance to meet you face to face. Yes, at shot this awesome. year. Um, 
And it's so funny because when when you know, because we're all up in the in the media room, and one of the greatest things about me is when people first meet me, I'm a little quiet. It's mostly because I'm watching interactions and how you interact yep. and stuff. So, like, I I sit there and I watch. You know, I, I watch when people like walk, like when Tony Simon walks into a room, that room lights up. Yep. I mean, he brings an energy to him. And it's like when uh, it's like, OK, well, you know, we've talked a little bit through email. I, I, I understand your humor from all this stuff. But, oh, my God, the bagel holster cracked me the hell up. <laughs> right. And, oh, look at that. Right, right there. So. Literally a bagel holster. A bagel, a bagel, and I, I remember because because I remember walking around because when I finally talked to you, I'm like, oh my god, that's a bagel holster. Yeah, <laughs> that like, was this guy that lives his humor. I do live my humor. Okay, so that's that's one thing that people don't realize about me is that the person that you're talking to now, this is not a persona, right? This is not <laughs> me putting on a show. This is me. That. When you meet me in person, I am the exact same person, and I don't. I, I'm not afraid of it. I, it, I, I'm not putting on the show now. Yeah, you know, you might get me when I'm a little more laid back and and maybe a little slower. I know I was I was I was not doing well at Shot Show because you know, I was coming off the surgery five weeks yep. before. And what, should I have gone to Shot Show? Probably not. However. I went and, you know, you cowboy up. And, and so I was a little on, I would say, little, a, <laughs> a little more on the grumpy, sarcastic side than I normally am. Um, but but, but that's because that's I was just in pain. But, yeah, the person you see on video, on social media, is the exact same person that you will see in real life. I... I don't have a persona. This is who I, I mean, I don't have multiple personas. This is who I am. You see, and that's kind of, that's the genius about you. Cause you know, we always, uh, there, there's a bunch of us that just say, be yourself. Um, oh my God. It, it, it exactly. You know, when I, when I met you at shot and I saw the bagel holster, I'm like, oh my God, he, the, he that's, that truly is him. Yeah. Um, that's which, which, which is going to be very hard to top for next year. I, I, you know, I got my jerseys, which are great marketing. Yep. Um, I literally was open carrying a bagel on my like for, for your followers. If, if you don't realize when we say this is a bagel holster, this literally is a bagel holster. I, ha I, I have, have black picture. rhino, yeah, I had black rhino concealment by bagels and to fit to make like the ideal bagel holster. So I literally had this on my hip with a bagel yep. in the holster. And, and for those in the audience, maybe one day I'll post it out there. I literally took a picture of that bagel holster with a bagel in it. Because I remember when I took it, I texted that to my wife. And she broke out laughing. She's like, that's freaking hysterical. I look, I'm very self-deprecating. You know, one thing, it's funny. I'm clearly, you know, you and I are both follically challenged. And I <laughs> yep. remember, I remember, and this was kind of the beginning of the end. So, you know, I'm like the farther thing from a snowflake. Like nothing yep. phases me. But I would say about 10 years ago, um, about 10 years ago, I was 
losing most of my hair and I had my friends bothering me and I, I really, it really hurt me. It really bothered me um, to the point where, you know, I, I'm not going to say I cried, but like I would come home really upset. And finally one day I'm like, you know what? And it's also because like I was, I had just a little hair here. So I was wearing my yarmulke with a little hair and they're like, dude, you're going bald. Like just uncover it. Like don't try to hide it, you know, baldy. And it bothered me, and finally I said, "You know what? Screw it." So I just, you know, wore it, and uh, I it is what it is. And just then, like, yeah, um, like yeah, I just I owned it, and ever since then, uh, there's nothing you can say that that bothers me. Um, see, literally see, nothing. What's so funny because when when my audience sees me, they always see me with a hat because you know um, the audience is probably like, "Why the hell are you not in the studio?" And that'll be I'll record that in the intro and outro later, but. Um, I am obviously traveling, and the reason why is well, you can see right there, they get the glare. And when I'm in the studio, you get the glare, so I always have a hat to, to cut the glare down. But for me, I started losing my hair in high school, so I would come off the football field, take my helmet off, and I'd have like hair in. And I remember right. my dad, my dad goes, You know, hey, look, you know, they have the Rogaine, and you know, so this is what I graduated in '91. He's, you know, hey, they got this stuff. I'm like, Dad, you're bald. Uncle Bill's bald. Granddad's bald. Great granddad was bald. This is what it is. He's it like, is is. he's like, but there's treatments. And I, this is going to happen. It's already happening. I've I've settled with that years ago, and right. I'm like, I'm good. It, it's gonna go. It's gonna yeah. go. I, I I don't care. Um, no, a hundred percent. And and for me, like I said, that I just I own it. Uh, I'm self-deprecating. You know, there's that stereotype that Jews love bagels, and and yep. the funny thing is, you know, I I made the holster because every time I go to dinner or all these places with my friends at Shot Show and other shows, we always go to some non-kosher restaurant, and I'm always the little guy who takes a bagel out of his backpack. So I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to have some fun with it. I'm going to own it. And I literally walked around SHOT Show with a bagel holster on, with a bagel in it, with with my yarmulke. I wasn't even wearing a hat, right? Because I'm going to kill that stereotype Jew. So now, I mean, that was that was huge. Now I, I have to figure out how to top that. Um, it's going to be tough. I, I'll, gonna, I'll admit, I'll admit yeah. it's, it's going to be tough, man. It definitely will be tough. But um, yeah. It's it's gonna be tough. Uh, it, it's it's what's funny is it, so for me what people don't know is um, I'm gluten intolerant, and I and I'm sorry I love bagels but I just can't have them anymore. So um, so like for me when I'm walking around shot I have literally my own food with me because that's what I can trust because last thing I want to do is get sick in the middle of shot. I had a booth appearance at um, Bowden Tactical this year at Shot Show. And I wish I had it with me. It's in the studio. They had changed their marketing of all their AR parts to say that their AR parts are gluten-free. It's funny. Right? And I just and they have a sticker. And I just start I just start breaking out laughing. And they're just like, yeah, all of our parts are gluten-free. I go, you don't understand. I I'm not celiac, but I am gluten intolerant. And they're like, they're looking at me like, oh crap, did we just piss him off? I'm like, no, man, this is freaking hysterical. 
I, I'm totally going to slap this stuff all over the place now. And that's that's the thing, you know. If you're gluten free, just own it. If you're, totally. you know, like I don't hide anything. Um, I I don't I really don't hide anything. Yeah. Um, because why? It, it's 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 you know it, there. Well, you know, we talked a little bit on the show, and we talked a little bit before. Like you're talking about politics being a little more, you know, libertarian leaning. Um, I'm very much libertarian leaning on things. The one thing that I found about letting go of of the the identity of being a Republican, because that's what I grew up as, um, I just don't give a shit. Right. Right. There, there are totally other things that I need to worry about than the than than these little things right right um you know we talked a little bit earlier about uh, about you know the about the transgender stuff it's i don't care i you know, it's one of those things that is between you and whatever god or deity you may or may not believe in right that is that's not between me and you that's right. between you and god or if you don't believe in it you may have to answer to one, whatever. I don't, I, I don't care. Right. As long, as long as you're not out there kicking pumpy puppies and throwing kittens off of a, off of a uh, bridge, yeah, you sound, sound like a pretty decent person, right? Right. I hear that. Um. So, well, anyways, yeah, we just extended even longer. <laughs> not, <laughs> and we'll sit here and talk forever, but let's do, um, let's do a speed round. So it's going to be four questions of this or that. And then one thinking question. Oh, yeah, everyone. Everyone loves the thinking question at the end. So, all right, A R A K, A R. Sig or Glock? Glock. Would you rather have a pump action or a break action shotgun? Pump, pump, and muzzle brake or flash hider? I don't know. It depends on the gun. <laughs> Flash hider. Flash hider. Okay. Now, in fr- standing in, you're standing in front of the world's largest table, and on that table is literally one gun. Staccato. Uh, is, is, staccato. staccato. There you go. You already no, have no, the no, no. Actually, you know what? You know what? Honestly, it can, can it be any gun? Any gun that has ever existed in the world all the way from muskets to miniguns honestly yeah mp mp5 oh see i love i i love the mp5, MP5. It i have is my, it's my favorite gun of all time um i don't own one because they're so ridiculously expensive, expensive. even, even yeah. getting the the semi-auto one um, it's expensive the spk i think it yep. is right sp5 yep. sp5 um even that one but um I have shot every variation of the MP5, short, long, suppressed, not suppressed. I mean, you name it. Um, and it is my favorite gun of all time. I had a chance. Um, I was on a for my day job. I was on a contract and I was working for um, a public safety agency, and um, I got really really in with the cops, right? The cops loved the work that I was doing and they loved that I was a gun person. And um, one day they took me out, the the SWAT team took me out and it was range day. So we were out shooting. They were teaching me that this first time I ever shot full auto. 
So um, it was MP5s. They were teaching me how to shoot fully su- full auto suppressed MP5s, and I had a great time doing it. Right, and at the at the end of range day, you know, they were turning in the guns to the armor, and um, the, the sergeant he goes, "Do you want to have some fun?" I go, what "The hell we've we been doing." He goes, "That's <laughs> that's work. Do you want to have fun?" And I go, "I don't know, man. MP5 is pretty fun." And he pull he he tells the armor just pull them out. They still had a couple of full auto Tommy guns. Oh, those are fun. Been there, done that too. And, That's a lot and, of fun. But I, as much fun as those Tommy guns were, MP5s were still a lot oh, more absolutely. fun. I, there's something about that roller delay on that thing. It's just oh yeah. It's just such a smooth gun to shoot, and so much is so much fun. Oh, absolutely. So, well, anyways, thank you so much for joining me. I mean, it's been a it's been a long time coming. I'm glad that <laughs> the stars aligned and the two of us could get absolutely. together. Um, I really appreciate you jumping on. Absolutely. Anytime. It took Yehuda and I months of trying to get our schedule synchronized. You know, we ran into each other at shot. We're just like, yeah, man, we just got to make this happen. And we did, man. I mean, it was great to talk to him. It kind of sucked that I wasn't in the studio, but he was still everything of a guest that I would hope he would be. And uh, I hope you definitely enjoyed that podcast he's he's a funny guy i love his his sense of humor and uh definitely go check out his books man we need to start teaching firearm safety to the little ones early the only better time to teach firearm safety than right now was yesterday so go buy some books teach the little ones on firearm safety and you realize that this is a safe sport you know, as long as we have respect for the firearm, we have respect for each other, and we follow some safety rules, this is a really safe sport. It's a very enjoyable sport. And trust me, I want as many people into this sport as possible. I don't care who you are. If you want to be in this sport and you're legally allowed to own a firearm, I want you here. I want you to be safe. And I want you to shoot right next to me and enjoy this sport with me. So go check out his books. Go check out his website. His merch is funny. I mean, we talked a little bit about it. Um, I really do go check his merch out every once in a while just because I get a good laugh out of what he does, man. I mean, some of the stuff you, you look at and you just kind of scratch your head like, hmm, yeah, that one that one hit a little close to home. But then he's got other things that are so funny. Um you know, he's a very religious person, but he has fun with his religion at the same time. It doesn't take it so seriously that he can't say, hey, look, there's this stereotype and I'm going to just own this and have fun and I'm going to fight for your gun rights at the same time. So down in the links below, I have all of his stuff. Go check it out. Go see what he's got. And it's just you're, you're going to really love that stuff. If you're watching on YouTube, there's a video right there that I want you to go watch. It's with Will. He's also an instructor at Freedom Crew University. He's going to teach you how to stipple out there. And if you go through his classes, you can actually do it for a living. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there and look forward to talking to you again soon.